0: Gast. Ahoy there, Nick Cage. And don't pretend like you don't know who I am. What do you see? We cut the chit-chat a-hole. All right, I'm a little tired, a little wired, and I think I deserve a little appreciation.
1: Uh, shame on you! I lost just a little bit of control there, but now everything's cool. ha huh?
0: Whatever movies
1: with Wesley and Iris. What up, and welcome to Or Whatever Movies. I'm your co-host, Iris, and I'm here with my older brother,
0: John Wesley Harden. What? <laughs> there are no historical Wesleys, like what are you... <laughs> Wesley Snipes.
1: It's a British name. There should be some historicity to it. I guess we're talking today a movie from tw- 2004. I almost said 2004. I guess that would be technically correct. Yeah, when
0: did we change to 20, though? I was still there for, like, 2014 or whatever, but then eventually it just changed. 2014?
1: Yeah. You would say 2014?
0: Yeah. I I maintained Mm. that for the longest time.
1: I'm a stickler about these kinds of things because I still refuse to say O for zero.
0: Yeah, why would you do that? Because that's weird. I say Z.
1: No, you don't. No, I don't. Wesley Scott says that. Right?
0: Because this is a distinctly American movie we're talking today.
1: We should probably get to that. What is it?
0: National Treasure.
1: Okay, not what I expected
0: really? at all. Wait, wait, nope. wait, 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 wait. This is not the first time you've seen National Treasure. Yep. Wow. Where were you? You were alive in 2003. This is Disney's answer to The Da Vinci Code which had only been published a year, a year and a half earlier. So likely this was in development. Very similar thematically.
1: So all of the like historical treasure hunting was like all in the zeitgeist? Yeah,
0: it was the rage. After 2003, are you kidding? And this having the fortuitous timing of a year, a year and a half later? That's a big deal. And it beat The Da Vinci Code by almost two years, the movie version, which was kind of dour. And despite starring Tom Hanks, and the chick from Amelie being like, this was the fun one. This was the action adventure one.
1: But also hair. Who's got worse hair? Ben Gates? I mean, or is it
0: Nicolas Cage hair.
1: Tom Hanks. Really? But, because... right,
0: but, but Tom Hanks has the, this is the first time, because Robert Langdon has longer hair, that was the first time anybody had seen Tom Hanks with long hair. It doesn't work very well. It looks weird
1: looks really weird. Anyway. It was, and you know, I can, I'm all about a bold choice and like you do you, but there was a lot of, there was considerable backlash on the hair even prior to the um, Da Vinci Code release, but we're not talking about the Da Vinci Code. <laughs> we're talking about National Treasure. I had not seen this movie and it's probably important to note that National Treasure or another Nicolas Cage movie is going to kick off our Nicolas Cage month.
0: Kelly Ray, who suggested Nicolas Cage Month, exclaimed at the beginning of the movie, upon seeing his name in the credits, Nicolas Cage is a national treasure.
1: Wow. I mean that was nas- by Owen
0: Wilson. Wow.
1: <laughs> wow. Or Justin Bartha. Um
0: Kelly Ray took one look at Justin Bartha, with whom she's not overly familiar, and said, Look, there's a Hobbit.
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> yep.
0: Didn't he play <laughs> a Hobbit?
1: <laughs> Is she just mixing him up with Elijah Wood?
0: Probably, but this is your boy Justin Bartha of Hangover fame's first major movie.
1: Wow. Yeah, as Riley Poole, he's the smart-alecky sidekick and, you know, very Justin Bartha. I can see (laughs) Doug coming out. I can see the beginnings and origins of Doug all over Justin Bartha's uh, Riley Poole. But I have to say, since we're going to kick off Nick Cage month, um... Nick Cage, a quixotic choice for the lead in National Treasure and kind of one of those Ethan Hawke type actors where you're like, Nick Cage is a celebrity. Mm, okay.
0: Yeah. What's the word that I always, uh, I always forget? Uh, you're there because your family's there. Nepotism. See, I I don't know why that word just never existed in the right place for me. I could never recall it. But obviously, he. I mean, this is, what, nine years after his Oscar win for Leaving Las Vegas, and he had a string of hit movies, and Nicolas Cage was the man at the time. You know, he, he had cut his teeth on more serious, I guess. I mean, you can't call Raising Arizona serious by any measure, but... This was when he it was all happening, and he's in a Jerry Bruckheimer, huge-budget Disney Touchstone production.
1: It's not coincidence that you used a number of dental analogies, right? Because Nicolas Cage is kind of all teeth, right? He's nah, like more
0: sideburns and kind of schnoz. <laughs>
1: he's got, I think those are his three—well, and despite the baby blues— Main characteristics. He very he feels a little toothy in this role. That's fine. It, I mean, I'm just saying maybe the veneers are a little overdone for a Ben Gates type, you know, head down in the history books kind of a character. All right. Well, so you, I mean, you always get all shy and skittish when I start talking about characters or actors' physical features. But I'm I'll I'll am going the record and say Nick Nick Cage is a little toothy in this. I'm just okay. saying. Okay.
0: Well, you know who wasn't toothy? Who is the opposite? Who I don't think we ever saw his tooth? Teeth (laughs) was the (laughs) tight-lipped Sean Bean.
1: He thinks the little plucky kid who's like doing the coding in the library or whatever, he like gives him like a fatherly smile. He's got some charm.
0: I feel like Sean Bean is the definite, like if you look up swarthy in the dictionary, wouldn't it be Sean Bean? (laughs) I'm not sure what that word means.
1: It's very nautical. I think it means like tan and leathered and
0: kind of right. And, and the, like get still blonde, like sun bleached blonde or something.
1: Oh, he was. That's the thing. He wasn't toothy, but he was blonde. And Justin Bartha was awfully slovenly.
0: Yeah. Well, that's the thing. That windowless cubicle we found you in. He's the Mark Zuckerberg hoodie wearing like tech genius guy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Not socially capable, right?
1: Where he, you know, doesn't have the filter and he's like, she's pretty.
0: Yeah. <laughs> A very cute man. I do feel like this is an um, I see I was going to go with an American Bond movie. It's got car chasing and the tomb raiding and the espionage and the rooftop running and the double agenting and Sean Bean was a Bond villain in Goldeneye. Hmm. And this is the year after, also a Jerry Bruckheimer production, Pirates of the Caribbean. And this is hmm. kind of an American landlubber pirate movie of sorts, right? <laughs> He's kind of swashbuckling and, and not your typical hero. Yeah,
1: you could have very well put the the caverns or the cave, like, in a ocean setting.
0: Right, if they're just drippier and more goonies Yeah, exactly.
1: Like. exactly. This movie had a goonies exactly.
0: kind of feel, and, like, uh... And a little bit of never-ending story for some reason.
1: It did, but distinctly adult and also very modern day. Not that Goonies wasn't modern day, but they, go, did, they do go back into the past. I mean, all of the past digging that they do is through archives and libraries and, I don't know, sanctioned halls and stuff, except for when they finally, at the very end, get to the treasure.
0: I think Ben Gates is the last gasp of blue jeans and a blazer. Actually, probably Dan Brown. uh, That was uh, what's-his-name's whole thing.
1: Robert Langdon?
0: Robert Langdon, right, with the, the long hair and the Mickey Mouse watch.
1: I totally want a Mickey Mouse watch. Those things are dope. You can still rock the blazer with the jeans, but you have to wear, like, the hip sneaks, like clean, white hip sneaks.
0: I don't know. I'm not in charge of shoes. Kelly Ray picks my shoes.
1: Okay, so we've got Nick Cage at the height of his fame. We've got an interesting choice in Diane Kruger. For Abigail Chase, we'd never really we explain her accent, but we never quite explain her nationality or how she came to her role. We talked about Justin Bartha and Sean B. I mean, she is, she's just from German descent. Yes. Cool. Um, We do have the (laughs) constituent kind of lanky hair bad guys.
0: Right. And vaguely European.
1: Yeah. Why was Sean being a a European American? Europeans are
0: bad guys and Americans are good guys in national treasure.
1: This is also the defining
0: movie where it suggested that in movies, the good guys always use Google and the bad guys always use Yahoo. Like it was clearly,
1: (laughs) clearly distinct
0: in this movie.
1: Is this really a thing? Where else did this
0: happen? 100%. They definitely use two different search engines, and that's like a psychological movie trick thing i don't know
1: well, where, but give me one other example because this is very curious
0: I, I got nothing i know that this is the movie that brought it to my attention
1: oh okay interesting. and apple's
0: clear stance on saying we don't let bad guys use iphones in movies
1: wow the very subtle undercurrent of tech rivalry
0: yep this is a very techie movie. I mean, the distinctly different approaches of the two of them, Ben's more scientific, I guess, respectful approach in stealing the declaration. And at the same mm. time, we see Ian's strong arm kind of busting through doors and shooting people and stuff approach.
1: Yeah, although he's a little bit of a gentleman bad guy.
0: Yeah, because he's a Bond He'd... villain. He has a super layer somewhere and he's extremely wealthy and has resources.
1: Hmm, Okay. I'm trying to get a handle on how you feel about National Treasure. It seems like you really like it. And it seems like from the box office, people really liked it.
0: It's I think it's better than The Da Vinci Code because it's more fun. I think it's even slicker than Indiana Jones. I mean, Indiana Jones is definitely in the dirt and it gets dirty and there's lots of blood. This one's Disney. And I mean, how could you be more like Bond which I'm not a huge fan of or whatever, but he, then, then being misogynistic toward the woman. Like, he tells Abigail to shut up and shut her mouth like a bunch of times in this movie. He doesn't, like, he's, he's just shy of patting her on the butt when she's annoying.
1: Yeah, Sean Bean even refers to her, her female talkativeness. Yeah. Like, somehow, <laughs> somehow the fact that she's chatty is gendered.
0: Yeah, and the, and the other guy, she's in charge now, won't shut up. And Baldy is like, shut up to the lady at the meat counter or whatever. Maybe this is the turning point in Nicolas Cage's career because he was a huge thing, you know, because he definitely fell off the box office after National Treasure. I, I don't know. People don't seem to regard this movie very well. And I think it's fun and slick and clean and engaging. It's like a big budget action movie. It's like, I mean, I don't know how historically accurate it is. And there's definitely wonkiness.
1: It's fun. It's very linear. You got the, the cold open in the attic, and then you got the colder open with the Charlotte. And then <laughs> colder. Got, the, got it. And then you get the whole Declaration of Independence set piece. And then you get the map chase, the congressional library, the Liberty Bell deal. And there's kind of a, you know, end of second act, like low point where he's arrested and Justin Bartha and and Chase or are, are, have been ad- abducted. And then there's the showdown. The final treasure hunt in the underground caverns and stuff.
0: Legitimized by American history, and, and it feels historic and significant, I guess, right?
1: But all just very kind of simply constructed. I feel like the movie, kind of like Nick Cage, lacks a certain je ne sais quoi.
0: Okay, you're going to have to define that because that's not an Amer. We're talking American this episode. <laughs> what? So define je ne sais quoi. <laughs>
1: An indefinable, elusive quality, especially a pleasing one. Right? It's not elevated in any way. And Nick Cage, perfectly serviceable actor, I guess some good comedic timing. But what is it about National Treasure or Nick Cage that make them particularly distinct? And I don't want to conflate the two. I don't. I don't mean to conflate the two, because the whole Nick Cage thing is a is a whole other deal, which I'm sure will work out over the course of Nick Cage month. Let's talk about National Treasure, the movie.
0: Yeah, I don't know how it's distinct necessarily. It's a treasure hunting movie. And treasure hunting movies need to be fun in the Goonies sort of sense. But it's satisfying. Maybe it seems to kind of fall by the wayside because it's indistinct in a way. Like, for example, Sandusky arrests Gates and then forces him to still rendezvous with Ian to try to negotiate the return of the document, right? And Ian's like, meet me on the deck of the USS Intrepid. It's like, wait, why? Like well, you could meet anywhere. You're you know all the caverns and stuff where you can hang out and have a clandestine meeting. You're gonna meet on the deck of the super ship where there's people all over the place. And I'm pretty sure it's because they were like, We need a set piece for this meeting. Where should we do it? And Jerry Bruckheimer's like, Well, I've got like a you know, Navy aircraft carrier on retainer because he's Jerry Bruckheimer. And so let's do it there. And they were like, Great. Because this is the age of the Michael Bay movies, and he produced Top Gun and Pirates and Jerry Bruckheimer's everything. It's just the ability to be backed by that dude in Disney and to have all the puzzle pieces in place and to be like, let's do a treasure hunting movie and one up the Da Vinci Code. I, re- I think is really all it is. They saw an opportunity and they were like, hey, and they seized it. And Nicolas Cage was like, sure, I'll do it. And they like did it.
1: Is there source material for national treasure?
0: Yeah, American history, the Declaration of Independence. But when a long list of usurpers <laughs> reduces blah, blah, blah under absolute despotism.
1: Have the nerds descended on national treasure to vet its veracity?
0: Well, there's the indisputable stuff that you know from the field trips and stuff about the Declaration of Independence and the archives and the Lincoln Monument and stuff. Apparently, there is actually catacombs under the Trinity Church in New York, and they use some of those narrow hallways and stuff for inspiration for what ultimately became the area housing the treasure and stuff. So it's there, you know, that there's at least a couple hundred years of American history, it's nothing like British history, but it's I guess as grounded as it's gonna be I guess maybe you can consider it dumb, because it's got the, the silly never-ending story like you know, in a land far away beyond the reckonings of time kind of a storytelling convention thing, and they show like the the recycled historical war footage it's clever and, and fun enough, so that I think you're engaged, and uh, the bad guys are kind of also arguably good guys. It's just the what What separates them is they're we're establishing that they're bad guys.
1: The, well, the FBI kind of functioned as a bad guy because they were against. Well, I mean, just in the sense that they didn't understand, you know, the, the gravity of what it was that Gates and his team were trying to achieve. Right. Or they didn't.
0: They're flexible.
1: Well, I mean, but yeah, but they arrested him.
0: Yeah. Somebody's got to go to prison, Ben.
1: Right. And he had and Ben had, a, you know, very elegant solve for that. But in the meantime, Ben is just hell bent on the treasure and everything else. Everyone else who gets in his way is kind of a bad guy.
0: Look, he's trying to save his family's reputation. What's more American than rep?
1: <laughs> the tarnished name of the Crazy Gates treasure hunters, treasure protectors.
0: Yeah, they're intense. John Voigt coming up with the old Boston church. One if by land, two if by sea. Lantern thing to throw Ian off the scent, the track. Yeah, that was genius. Just like coming up with another step and another clue to the riddle in you know in, on the fly.
1: Right. Well, all of his treasure hunting stuff was coming back, and he was yeah. getting his his savvy back on.
0: I'm saying it's clever enough that it suffices.
1: Whatever that was, that wooden structure with pulleys and levers and elevators and stuff, that was pretty cool.
0: The, the Chester Copper Pot, uh, Rube Goldberg's uh, setup?
1: I guess it was kind of Rube Goldberg-y, or it was just interconnected and stuff. Was that a bottomless pit?
0: I have to assume so. There, <laughs> there, And there's unseen, you can do a bottomless pit, just like you can do unseen mechanics behind a stone door. Like, how does it automatically move out of the way? Press mm. a little button, the little Freemason symbol, and it's like, chunk, and the stone door moves out of the way.
1: Yeah, there's gotta be like counterweights or something. Like yeah, roll in that, something.
0: That's how Jesus got out.
1: That he with counterweights? Yeah, probably. You no, know, you're saying that you're trying to explain with physics how a miracle happened. I don't think that I don't think that makes <laughs> sense. I don't think that works. Uh
0: I don't know, man. It's there's a lot there that made it fun and and I don't even know the legitimacy, like here at the wall and beneath Parkington Lane. I don't know if any of that tracks, if any of the, any of that's true. I don't know if there was actually a wall on Wall Street.
1: I sure hope so, because I'm using that little tidbit.
0: Right? That's cool. And all that stuff. And you can wander around like you do around Europe. And I'm like, they filmed this movie here. And this has significance in conjunction with real, actual history. You can like go to Wall Street and be like, there's a cavern under here, real one. Didn't you see National Treasure? But it's, but it's important. To, it, it, the Disney machine at this time is not flawless, but it's definitely entertaining. I feel like National Treasure had all the pieces in line, in order, and you say it, it lacks a certain something that pushes over, but I think it has that something. And maybe I'm completely alone. But you see other similar movies like Uncharted. And I think this is better than Uncharted.
1: I'd have to agree with that. I was basically like, oh, I'm going to watch National Treasure. And Brian was like, oh, have you seen it before? I was like, no. He's like, oh, I've seen it like five times. Yeah. I was like, really? Why? And he was like, I love adventure movies. It's awesome. And he said, basically, National Treasure is Uncharted, but good.
0: (laughs) (laughs) See, Brian knows. Even <laughs> though under un- un- <laughs> everything's all rickety and wooden, and if you lose that framework of the stairs, you'll never make it down to the treasure area. And you have to illuminate the thing with chandeliers that are, so- for some reason, made out of wood. I don't know how that's going to work.
1: I think it was like wood with like an iron inlay or something.
0: It's a uh, fairy dust or whatever. It's Disney magic. That's right, like a one-use right. staircase, right? You light the chandelier; it all goes up eventually, anyway. So, like Uncharted, you got to run downstairs right away before everything burns up or or falls apart. Oh, okay. It's like they put a time limit on this treasure. You can get down there using these stairs, but they only last a couple of hundred years because of termite damage and rot.
1: Right, and then you got to bust out the wall. <sighs>
0: Yeah. So look, you and I have been in the pyramids and those things stand for millennia and there's no emergency exit. Right. And it's all like adventurous. And you're all like realizing that you you're not important anymore. If something happens, you're stuck in the pyramids forever because you can't just be like, I want out and like a Disney employee will usher you toward the nearest hidden exit or whatever. (laughs) But National Treasure and the treasure hunting stuff. And I like action adventure, like spy kind of heist movies like this but i have real problems <laughs> this how do you know that no one that this has been undisturbed for hundreds of years because you can't undo it there's no mechanism to close that door back up once you figure out the mirshaan pipe entry thing right Like, it doesn't work that way. It's a one-time thing. And I've always had a problem with that. Like, would you have been able to do the lemon test on the Declaration of Independence? Mm. Like, they talk about the reverence for all this history. And then they put, like, the most acidic, destructive agent they could possibly put on that old. I, I don't think I would have been able to do it.
1: Well, you know, she was a certified historical document. (laughs) Yeah. Something. Yeah, if anyone's
0: going to handle the document, it should be someone who's trained. Let me squirt lemon juice all over it. But
1: what I found hilarious was like they had the clean room set up and they put on the little white. Like photo gloves, yep. and they like use the Q-tip to apply the lemon juice and yada yada. <laughs> and at the end, they're like bare hands unrolling, rolling, unrolling. Like, why in the in the Liberty Bell place didn't they find a table? Like, all four of them are just standing there holding the Declaration right. of Independence with nothing underneath it with their bare hands.
0: Yeah, by then they own it. They have a sense of ownership. But I I, I couldn't have done it. I would have been like all paranoid the whole time, like Abigail was originally. Like, I can't even highlight books. I feel bad. I have a reverence, and I can't get around it.
1: I fully expected that the invisible map would not have been something that they would make visible. I, I 100% thought that the quote-unquote invisible map meant that the code was in the text of the of the declaration. And when they started doing the lemon juice, I was like, for reals? Yeah,
0: why, why couldn't it have been? You didn't need the silence do-good letters. You could have just put it in the, the code in the thing itself.
1: Right? I guess that would have been too easy.
0: Again, it's a, it's a single-use treasure map. Because you can only, I mean, how many times can you pour lemon juice on the document? It's like, it's just, it's smart. It would have sur- ensured the document's survival by putting it on the most important document in American history. But then you got to squirt lemon juice on it and mess it all up. <laughs>
1: what was the, was it the declaration where you use the anag- anaglyph glasses and then it like reveals the special 3D message? Was that yeah. on the, so it was all there?
0: It's like all shimmery and stuff.
1: Yeah, it was like all shimmery and like 3D and popping out and stuff. So are they saying that Benjamin Franklin developed 3D stereoscopic imaging?
0: Yeah, yeah, obviously Benjamin Franklin. That's what he's known for is 3D. And Abraham Lincoln invented the penny and like all those dudes. They were what they're like. What what do you call it when they're multi-disciplined? Not jack of all trades.
1: But Multi-hyphenate. Yeah. Polymath? Polyglots or whatever. Okay. So basically, we don't need to look for something more in National Treasure. It's, a f- it's on the surface very fun, and we're not intending to look beyond the surface. And the, the historical trivia and tidbits, fun. And the cast, fun. And we move from set piece to set piece. And, and we're not intending to necessarily move the action-adventure treasure hunt heist movie genre forward, but rather to provide fans with a nice treasure hunt movie for the early aughts
0: benjamin franklin gates will look under the surface for us he will plumb the depths and he will figure out the clues and we're along for the ride to boston and dc and new york and antarctica which was actually park city
1: and back in time
0: yeah but that was just for the flashback a historical flashback it's history
1: and then they're going to, like, Indiana Jones-style, like, put it all in museums. Yeah,
0: that's what you do. Because there's no money in museums. That way it's all authentic and it's all moral.
1: And he gets any And Nick Cage gets away with the girl.
0: Yeah, and 1%. Which, if you bust it down, if it was $10 billion estimated, that's still $100 million that they split between them.
1: Yeah, score. The Gates family legacy restored.
0: Right? Like Uncharted. It's enough to fund their next operation.
1: Which I guess we'll see in our discussion around National Treasure 2? <laughs> no,
0: no, we're not going there. <laughs> despite the despite the addition of Ed Harris, the amazing Ed Harris, and the awesome Helen Mirren, not so much. Like they maybe pushed a good thing. And would I see National Treasure three? Yes, I'd have to. But I mean, I like. This little gem just like kind of nestled in the past and can revisit it when I want to and forever available, I'm sure, on Disney Plus, but not necessarily something that you can move forward in perpetuity.
1: And your final rating is?
0: I got like I feel like this is the underdog, and that's silly to say about a major budget Jerry Bruckheimer production. But for some reason, people don't have love for this movie, and I kind of do. It's like Brian says, it's a great background movie and one you can revisit continually because it's light and fun and feels significant. I, I'm I'm sure that like Hamilton. They use this in a loose way to at least get kids somewhat interested in American history. There's something there. It's definitely an alright movie, but I kind of think this is a lower-end, totally movie. Like, for what it is, is it necessary? God, no. But it's fun in the way that the best kind of popcorn movies are. Where it doesn't have... I guess it can have more serious themes if you want. But on the surface, it's got something for everybody. And it it, it holds up well to re-watching and... Uh, it's part of Nicolas Cage's legacy. I'm going to give it an a all right, totally.
1: An all right, totally. Wow. I think I finally put my finger on it. It's that there aren't modern-day, relevant, affecting-me kind of stakes in this movie. I guess some kind of historical something or another is at stake. Like we mentioned the Gates family legacy and some piece of history that's at risk of being lost forever. As, as important as National Treasure is, somehow it doesn't touch me personally, and yet I don't hold that against this movie. I'm happy to give National Treasure a good. I'm a little bit surprised by your all right totally, but I'm happy to include National Treasure in our series for Nick Cage month. America. So check out other... Nick Cage movies at orwhatevermovies.com and look forward to forthcoming Nick Cage movies in Nick Cage Month, thanks to the request of Kelly Ray. So if you enjoyed this review or others at orwhatevermovies.com, please subscribe to our podcast. Please give us a five star rating and follow us on social media at orwhatevermovies, 818 835 0473. Email us at orwhatevermovies at gmail.com. Didn't Nick Cage do a vampire movie?
0: Yep. Vampires kiss or some junk.
1: Yeah, we should do that too. No. No? Okay. Thanks for listening.
0: Do the Nick Cage impression.
1: And we'll see you next time. What was that?
0: Nick Cage's Batman? (laughs) You do it. We'll see you next time. I don't know. That's more Keanu Reeves.
1: We'll work on it this month. Hey
0: there, I'm DC. I host The Rock Podcast, Back to the Arena, The Interviews. It's about a 30-minute podcast where I talk one-on-one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock fan like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena, The Interviews. Electric app.